Hi everyone, welcome to this week's Football One Annie podcast. This time we'll be discussing the Netherlands national team next potential manager, as well as lots to do with the Eredivisie, seeing as a title race is coming to a close, as well as a relegation battle at the bottom. And we've got the KMVB Baker uh, Cup final next weekend. RZV Vitesse. So lots to discuss. We're on SoundCloud, YouTube and iTunes, so you can listen to us there download us on there, make sure to give us a like and subscribe where you can. Enjoy it. P3X, what did you think? Uh, I think, yeah, boss didn't rotate. Uh, when Ajax started, uh, Sergeant Tyro was dead on his feet. Um, he, the first two substitutions he made were Amin Yunus and Traore. Uh, the guys that played the most on Thursday, and I th- uh, with Trivert and um, and Neresh coming on, there was a little more zest and things like that. But um, PSV already won now. Uh, both should have rotated more, especially uh, with the white players. Um, but uh, but I think. This also doesn't mean the win. Also, doesn't mean that PSV are in a better place than they were a week ago. Uh, Ramsalas gone down with an injury. He's currently in individual training right now, and Locadia, um, he's might not he might not be the proper fix for the striker role because there's a lot more development from him because he had five shots in the whole game only one on target and that was just the free kick so um both uh ajax you know they're unlucky and they weren't unlucky they were very naive to lose because should have rotated his players uh Traore may have an injury now he when he started when PS when ajax were moving the ball to him and looking to counter he was a few yards slower and it was obvious from the first minute he didn't really have that zest to really go past players and um, it ended and Buzz ended up having to make two substitutions and when it came to really um, Ajax trying to enforce themselves on the game at the end they could only bring on Donny van der Beek for, for Shana and that that didn't really give them the extra creativity to go and look for another goal. Well, um, PSV, uh, they won, but they they could have played better. There's something not right with the team. Uh, there's a lot more things to do. The younger players should be given a chance. It would have been good to see Lamas play for longer. Uh, and uh Bergwijn and, and Ramsal are either side of Locadia they they looked sharp they they brought Bergwijn ended up winning the free kick that, that led to the Locadia goal they were quicker um but this they, they still need the PSV side still needs more in terms of how they're going to structure it how they how, how quick they move the ball forward and how creative they are in the final third because 
your main striker only having one shot on target from a free kick the whole game and basically having not many shots in the box. Uh, most of the shots were from long range. So that it was a game where Ajax could, if they rotated nicely, could have won, won the game, but uh, they didn't take advantage of the situation. I agree. Um, I think PS3 were perhaps a little lucky to get the win. Um, Ajax had plenty of chances. Had they put them away, I felt like another day it could easily have been uh, an away win. But you saw, especially in the first half, but it carried on throughout the, the second as well. Ajax looked very tired um, and they, 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 they panicked because they knew they had to win the game. And when the free kick went in, it was panic stations. They knew that they wanted to get a goal because they could to get the game to restore parity. Um, but it wasn't to be. And it just looked like the end of the season for Ajax. I just hope now the two-week gap, the two-week break will help them recuperate and they can really have a go for the Lyon game. Because um, it just, it, it, they, they still have that sort of performance they were putting out before, but a lot of the passing was careless. I think last of Schirmer, you saw any positioning um, as well, different to the back four. It, it showed like he wasn't sharp, he wasn't focused on the game. Um, and you see all these little things like that and it all added up and it ended up in a defeat. Um, but yeah, I think with PSV, you saw a little more of the old PSV that you maybe noticed in the Champions League where they weren't the most creative of teams. But uh, what they did do was they defended resolutely. They also were pretty solid in midfield. Guadalajara, I thought, had a good game. Um, and there were good bits and pieces you saw from those players. But still, I think if it was the way around and PSV needs to win that match and Ajax didn't, I don't think PSV would have won it. I think it's one of those um, the mentality came into it and Ajax panicked on the day. And I think that's because of their youth and their team. It showed, it came through. I think the, um, the game against Schalke um, two days before took an awful lot out of them. And I also thought it was surprising uh, after the uh, match where Boss couldn't really bring himself to admit that that played a role in, uh, in not being able to get a positive result in Eindhoven. Um, I think it's, um, I think it's, you could say pretty much done and dusted now with Feyenoord only having to win one of their remaining uh, remaining two games, and especially uh, with uh, Excelsior away and Hillercliffe at home. Um, I would also agree with uh, with Michael. You saw a little bit of the old PSV from um, the European exploits and, and the quality that they do have with uh, Guardado and. Um, um, and I was allowed and other players that they have as well. Um, it's uh, disappointing for Ajax because now they can only, um, it looks as if they can only now go on to uh, reach the Europa League final and possibly win it. But I personally think, I know it's still a bit premature with it being two weeks away, I still think that may well prove to be a bridge too far. Um, I'm, I did have to think when, when they lost in Eindhoven about the, um, the difficulty they had at the earlier earlier on in this season where they, uh, they lost to Villanueva at home and they also didn't get a positive result at home to uh, USA. and these are teams that if you put them away and you put them away comprehensively these points and, these, and that goal difference could end up being vital and I think that's what's left uh, Ajax a little bit short this season I think it's, as, as well as Bosch has, has done in his first season to reach the European semi-final 
I think his inexperience in the turnover of such a high-profile European quarter-final and then two days later out to your, playing away to one of your biggest rivals, I think he still has to uh, adjust and learn a little bit to that. But it's um, it's, uh, it's difficult for Ajax to accept. This was a disappointing for them. And um, yeah, it's uh, very, much like, very much looking like the final will win their first title since uh, 1999. Yeah, I echo all your statements. I think Ajax were just too tired to play that game and um, Boston rotating off and um, so I think the key men just weren't at the races. Zayek was anonymous um, and uh, even Doberg, he would have been the freshest out of everyone. I can't remember a single Doberg chance in the whole game. Um, he won a couple of free kicks and then he got wasted. I was amazed that the two free kicks just outside the box that was shown his record recently. He didn't take either of them, and um, Zayek wasted them both. Um, these are all chances that you know, Ajax had, and the nearest one is the only other one that I can really remember um, when Zoic came running out of his goal inexplicably. But um, I think PSV were good. I actually enjoyed Locadia's performance. Um, he had chances early on, but he actually saw him drift. Um, the PSV front three, it never stayed. Where he should have, like Lucadia drifted out to the left constantly, appeared on the right. Bergwijn sometimes went through the middle, Ramsalar sometimes went through the middle, and even when Pereiro came on in the second half, he was mostly through the middle as well. And um, I think that rotation you know, confused Ajax back four at times. Um, but overall, the game, I don't think it was that much of a spectacle. Um, it's not one that's going to live down in much memory. PSV nicked it. Um, not very many other chances. You know, you're looking at Joshua Bennett's run at the end, it was in a bit of excitement and you know, afterwards most of the talk was about the Justin Clive or Cardia fight at the end. Um you know, it wasn't that disappointing affair and I think it's basically just handed Feyenoord to title. Um two games to go, I think Feyenoord win them both and uh, Ajax have to settle for second. Uh, um I personally think that um you know that route Koku has been setting up his team to rotate more, um, especially when they're building up. He's, you know, played Van Hinkle a wide a bit so that he can come inside and then, you know, his full back and go past him. But the, the thing that really irked me was that when uh, Locadia dropped out wide, you know, they, they didn't really have anybody really going into the centre. Um, so, if Locardia received the ball out wide, um, then PSV would have to take a few extra minutes till someone moved into the center and move the ball around till, till someone moved into the center. So, they, so when Locardia went out wide, they couldn't play those direct balls into the into the box. Uh, that's why I think you know when if you're playing Locardia up front, you have to sort of play Pereiro too. Wide because Pearl is more adept at going through the middle and the more adept at switching positions. So um, Ramsala and and um, Burbine proved to be very good ball carriers when they moved into the deep central positions. They they did things with the ball and they brought that zest to the final third that Koko has really been looking for this season, but. You know, the, this whole Ramsala out wide thing, you hope it doesn't stick 
and next season you get to see him play in the center with possibly um, Hendricks and someone else. So uh, I'm still not convinced by PSV. I'm still not convinced by Locadio through the middle. And uh, maybe I'm just being hard on them. I'm maybe uh, just uh, my I, I just rate them much higher than they are right now. I think no one has to say that you no, know, it's looking like Young's future at PSV you know, is coming to an end because second half you'd think that the captain would have been brought on to see out the game. And he actually went for Lammers, which we've been calling out for on his podcast for weeks, and he finally gave him some game time at the end, only a few minutes. But, you know, De Jong kept panning to him on the bench, looking a bit for long. And uh, I think Cocky's literally just lost faith completely in him. Uh, they said afterwards he was injured. I'm not sure how true that is, but uh, he was in the, in the def- individual training to today so you know the reports are saying that he, um, he was hurt his feelings were hurt probably <laughs> yeah definitely everyone's feelings are hurt with the setters he's been missing this season um we I heard James mentioned about Peter Bosch uh, the season as well the start of the season that Ajax dropped points against Roda and them play at home and they were the what cost that's probably the title um, and I was speaking to someone on Twitter about this and they they were saying that is it considered a good season still at Ajax finish second so miss out on the, the title and only gets the semi-finals of the Europa League I, I personally I thought that was a harsh statement um, but at the end of the day his point was Ajax have won their silverware um, what do you three make of that? I think with the with the size of this club, I mean, when I before I first come to live in this country, I knew that Ajax was was a really big club. When you get here, when you live in the city, with there only being one club here, you really do realise that the, the how the club is structured and how the, the way they play and the reputation they have that it is absolutely mammoth, absolutely huge. Where the expectation to win and to win and to keep winning. It's always apparent, even in the even in the difficult years when they had uh, uh, Danny Blinderstein and uh, Martin Yo and Henk uh, Henkten Carter. The expectation, even though these these managers back in back in those days were pretty much inexperienced, the expectation to win was still there. Um, I think if Ajax do end up trophyless this season, it will be a massive disappointment for uh, for all involved. But should they reach the Europa League final in particular, they can take heart in the um, in the progression they've made on a European level, because that's been somewhat astonishing. Because, um, as I mentioned on the last pod, uh, I've seen many a European game live, and uh, I've been here for a long time, and you never really thought that um, the club would uh, would push on in Europe as, as time goes on. You, you, if anything, you, you would have thought that Dutch clubs may be falling a little bit further behind, but they can take a lot of heart from that. And uh, I'd just go back to my my point just a second ago that the expectation of the club is mammoth. And, and of course, should they not win anything, um, they will quite rightly be disappointed. I can agree with you, having looked at as well the the fact that final to go in the title, their main rivals. Um, But you can't deny that Bosch has done a fantastic job in taking a very young team full of youth academy products, as is expected at Ajax. And... 
they're within four points of a title at the moment. Um, and it feels like the, the club have come a long way since the start of the season. People were already calling for Bosch's head when he was losing to Rostov, um, or getting thrashed by Rostov in the Champions League qualifiers. But it's gone on to become a very successful season. I think the development of the squad you know, that he's taken from Frank de Boer, which was quite frankly very poor, in my opinion, and changing the way that the team plays to what they are now, I think Bosch can take a lot of, a lot of pride in that. And I, I think Ajax fans um, should will, will be looking at next season thinking, this is when we will win something. This is when we will reach the Champions League um, proper through the qualifiers. Um, but that's just my opinion. What, what do you think, again? Uh, I agree with uh, James. I think there will be overriding disappointment, but no, uh, at final winning the title and, and not getting uh, and, and not winning any silverware this season. Uh, but there won't be any considerable ire towards Boz because uh, he's done a fantastic job, especially clearing the path for some of these players to go uh, to come through. I mean, um, Bazaar and uh, Goodell, yeah, or big players last season, they played majority of the games, and to say to them that look, we're we're not gonna we're gonna go with someone else, and we're, we're gonna give uh, more kids a chance, and you know, nine academy players have made their debut, and when you think about you know, now Onana's in goal, he's had. Uh, he's had an exceptional first season. Uh, Dolberg um, also had an exceptional first season. Uh, and um, just uh, some of the um, young players who, if you know some of if you know some of the main starting uh, lineup leaves, some some young players are really primed to take over. And that the longer scheme. Um, is very important, and uh, next season they should certainly be looking forward to looking for uh, the DVC title. But this season, I think playing a lot of young players, giving them their starts, and getting to the Europa League semi final and second place in the Eredivisie uh, for first season, that w- that would be good for Buzz. Yeah, I think. Um... I actually only to look back to last year and you know, last year under Van de Boer was was a hard watch for um for me. I thought I actually very poor for most of the season and the way they lost the title on the last day that would have hurt a lot. Um I think it's been an improvement and you need to look at the way he's bringing for youth talent and how he's restructured the squad, as Shaka said. I mean, Bazaar, Gudelia. Milik left in the summer as well, and they replaced him with, you know, a kid in Dover, and it's working. And I think next year you'll see if Ajax don't challenge for the title more, and if they get knocked out a year early, then Boss will come under pressure. But I think right now Boss is doing a good job, and he's got next season to improve on it. So do we all agree that final to go with the title, the two games to go? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would. Um, I know I've been uh, not in a not in a sarcastic sense or in a awkward sense been proclaiming that um, final would drop points and they haven't done that. Um, I will admit when it's when it's far enough and when it's quite apparent that it's looking extremely likely. 
and uh, for a club to celebrate their first uh, title since 1999 for 18 years is, um, is something which is really um, uh, invoking the whole of Rotterdam as a city, not just a club. And um, even the people, out, people out on the streets, and I don't know if you saw the images of when the um, final supporters uh, came to greet the team bus when it returned from from Arnhem back in uh, back on Sunday. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, they've, they've been top the most of the season final, and it is uh, even, even now I'm based in Amsterdam. I do have to be professional about things and say that it is deserved, and it's highly likely they'll win their title for the first time in 18 years. Yeah, they've been very workmanlike this season in the Rotterdam fashion, and um, they're just trying to tie down some some pieces for next season. Uh, Basasikovlu's been given a contract extension, and um, they're trying to get Vilena on, on another extension. So I've, I think tying down those loose pieces will, will, will create a good platform for next season. They're certainly gonna win the title. They they deserve it. They they've been very they've scored when they needed to score. Uh, and uh, those times where I think you know they've outworked teams and outlasted teams, and they've done they've done really well. And it's a further the cap of Giovanni Van Broncos to win a title in his second season as the head coach, his second fourth season as the head coach. And next season, as it was for Coco after after his title winning season, is a real task because people say main, uh, maintaining a title winning squad and winning and uh, maintaining that, that sort of competitiveness within the squad is harder than you know winning that first title. And seeing how he goes about it, how he how he changes things, will be very will be a very interesting subplot for next season. And also, you know, Van Broncos hasn't given the most young players the debuts and things like that. But you know, Valena, Kazdo, and um, Newcoop now, who's been playing for the last few games, have really grown under. And uh, on Van Broncos, and they've really come along nicely, and they're becoming mainstays in the Dutch national team picture. So that's very interesting to see. And you know, it's Jorgensen is the signing of the season, top goal scorer, top assister, uh, and they bought him on the cheap. Uh, you know, some some people would balk at a 25, 26 year old striker coming to the RWC, but he's been brilliant. Um, he's an all rounder, and I think that that will lift some of the pressure off Martin Van Hill, who's been much maligned as the technical director of Firewood, because to pull that one off was was fantastic. And Berghuis, who got them two goals against uh, Peck a few weeks ago. Two important goals that got them an important draw. That um, who was also loaned from from Watford. Uh, it's turned out to be a great season for everyone involved, and just I just hope that they can continue into next season. I, I think that's the key oh. issue for final days. What are going to do in the summer? And because. Ajax are going to be very 
um, get the game the title next year, and PSV are going to be a new PSV. What are final going to do? Are they going to have the money to spend? Um, is, are they going to give Van Bronckers an opportunity to, to invest in the squad, or are they going to always wear it? Because, you know, you got to think some teams will be looking at Jorgensen, some teams will be looking at Bellina. You know, Berghaus goes back to Watford. You know, Elia, will he stay? Um, El Amade as well, he's been excellent this season. A few teams might have rely on him. Botteghin might decide he wants to move away. Karsdorp's been linked to everyone. Um, it's going to be a difficult job for him to prepare for next season if their squad does get picked apart by clubs in Europe. Um, and they, you know, they're not known for having the most money in their division. So Fanny might come under pressure again this summer if he doesn't invest. I agree with you, Michael. Um, but also, the, most of the players are ageing. Um, and I think the likes of Elia and Butterhin and Elamadi, they like to stay. Um, Seagulls, they've, they've already had their, their time abroad. Butterhin, not so much. But um, they will be tempted by the Champions League football. And Chuck's point about Van, he- Van Heel, um, he's pulled it off with the likes of Jorgensen, Brad Jones as well. Um, but also a player like, such as Van der Heiden, um, he came under pressure, Van Heel, uh, for for administering the, the signing of Van der Heiden initially from the test from, for a free transfer. Um, but this season, just look at the difference. Like he's, he's become such an important defender for the team. Um, and initially when he was put under pressure for that signing, now, now it's paying off. And you can see that some of these signings are, are very good. But he will come under pressure, again, there's some, as you say, because... He needs to look at more more countries because usually you see finals signing players from Scandinavia or just from within the Netherlands, but they need to look abroad. The likes of Ajax are looking at South America. Final don't have 12 million to spend, but they need to at least look around for these deals um, as opposed to getting players on the cheap for free because most of the time it doesn't work. And players just like Simon Gustafsson um, haven't played this season. Uh, and I just wonder if he, he can pull out some better deals and look further abroad, maybe. Put a bit more money into scouting, because it's very narrow-minded from Feyenoord's scouting team. Okay. They've already been linked with a few players already. I mean, but it's players from Netherlands. I mean, Yasin Nayub's always been linked with with Feyenoord. You do get sent Amrabat as well from Utrecht. Um, you know, if you do have the money to spend, they do invest some Champions League money in the Woods Jorgensen then. You know, clubs like Utrecht, Feyenoord should be looking at some of their better players and try to pick some of them. Um, Troupe as well, he could be another one if cars drop weeks that would replace him. Um, but I do agree, I think, they need to start looking abroad um, and to away from Scandinavia and to stronger players. Even, they got better custom along from their Premier League. I mean, Champions League football, I mean, they could probably try and cherry pick a few Premier League players that are maybe not on the fringes of the, the first team and um, just to bolster them for the Champions League because they're definitely strengthening if they're going to do anything in Europe. Um, and they also need to clear out some of the uh, deadwood that they've signed in recent years. I mean, Vehinovic and Tapia have already played. Uh, Yari Schoolman, who, who hasn't really been a regular at Willem but has um, scored a couple of goals there. Is one of the most highly rated players through coming through the academy. Um, he's coming on 19, 20 years old. Um, maybe an opportunity to give him a, a chance. Uh, you know, someone like uh, Calvin Verdonk, 
also coming through at centre-back, which will be a very congested position final with Sven van Beek returning next season. Uh, he also needs an op- also deserves an opportunity on a pick this season. I feel Lucas Waldenberg, who was brilliant at... Um, at, uh, at, um, Nijmegen. at, uh, yeah, Nijmegen last season also deserves a chance to play as a wing back, can play as a full back. And, uh, I think they, they need to give some of the youngsters a chance because, uh, they have some good young talents. And I think what we've seen this season is the young players, especially the highly rated ones, are coming, th- coming through, uh, Talent are very talented and they can be molded and developed into a higher level. Oh, and some news coming through: uh, the Amsterdam Arena will be renamed the UN Crepe Arena. A special moment on Christ's 70th birthday as well, so perfect time to announce it. Yeah, uh, it's uh, there's been a lot of outcry from the fan groups for it to happen and uh, even Football International have just tweeted good news and I think it's 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 a very it's a nod to their history um, to how much he loved the club how much he wanted to be involved how much he wanted to see it grow he watched the youth games with a very analytical eye uh, and um People can see him as uh, people could have seen him arrogant, but he just had a passion for the club that uh, few other people had. And um, to have someone who really cared about the club as the name on the stadium is is fantastic. And any player that comes through and plays in the red and white at the Yon Cruyff Arena should be proud. I think the timing of it is um, is very apt, and um, I think that's a very uh, a very nice touch. Uh, from this end, they're claiming that an agreement has been reached by all parties for the name to be changed. So um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great it's a great um, decision, especially for not just a player of Ajax, but um, a manager and an icon who represents so much, which is good about the club and Dutch football in general. I mean, the man was a complete one-off. There will never be another one. And uh, I just think it's uh, it's uh, been a long time coming, the decision, of course. But um, I'm pleased to hear that the news is finally broken and that they are going to uh, change the name to uh, Jan Kroof uh, um, Arena. Yeah, two legends. Um, back to the Zee. We had four results this weekend that were crucial in the relegation battle. Um, I think that... Two, the three-two defeat for Go Ahead Eagles may see them finally relegated, but we had three other games that were very, very tight, um, all decided by only one goal. Ardo won away at Sparta. We had NEC lose at home to Excelsior, and Utrecht beat Roda, who are also struggling. Um, has this changed anyone's opinions on who's going down? Um, we have, of course, Go Ahead Eagles at the bottom, but we also have NEC and Sparta looking up um, in the two relegation player places. I'm just love that. Broda and Excelsior. Um, so what we're thinking now is that our opinions changed? I think the current bottom three will stay will stay as it is from now to the end of the season. I'd be extremely, extremely surprised if um, if that was to change, especially with uh, other teams maybe dropping in. 
Um, I'm not surprised that uh, Ardo managed to stay up. I, um, even when it was extremely difficult, when they announced that Hunendag would arrive, that people didn't think they would make it. I thought they did. The same goes for Excelsior Rotterdam. They only need one more point officially to be uh, to be officially um, safe from relegation. Um, it'll be very interesting to see what Nijmegen can do as, in terms of the announcement of a new manager. Because obviously they're sacking Pita Hibala yesterday and proclaiming that, um, that they will have a new manager in place within a week. Um, the manager of current manager of uh, Rory USA, Anastasiu, was signed for Belgian side uh, Kortrijk as of uh, as of next season. So I um, I think go ahead was evident for quite some time, and I, I possibly thought that it might have been Sparta and then older. Uh, I mentioned on the pod possibly a couple of weeks ago maybe Sparta and uh, and Nijmegen, but uh, I think the three it is now will be uh, will be the three that. It is at the end of the season, and I can't see that changing at all. Yeah, uh, Nijmegen have announced Ron de Groot. I think on a caretaker basis uh, for uh, as manager for the rest of the season. Um, sacking Hibala was a big thing for them. It was a huge experiment, uh, but I think to lose double figures in games on a run where they were above the the relegation zone and just to fall in um, so suddenly um, and just to have such a um, deep downturn of form. I think that, especially when he talked a big game in the media, was very disappointing. And uh, I feel the playing staff is better than that. But... Uh, Let's see. I I I I had to change on them because I thought I honestly thought they would stay up. I thought them and Sparta would stay up uh, because Pastor's form is also his team's form is also downturn. Someone who is being looked at for the Maccabi Tel Aviv job by Yodi Cruyff and someone you know was mentioned as probably a, a Dutch national team boss and. Um, They've just gone down, and um, there were a lot of good young players. Maybe they they just were too young and naive this season, but but um, that will, that will be a lazy assessment because um, I think they they start well. They 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 played good football, but I think just when that that first uh, knock on that confidence came, they they just dropped, and and you see Hibala. You, after they lost 5-1 to Ajax, um, you could see that something wasn't wrong there. He lashed out at his team. Um, um, him and his team should share the blame because um, watching that game against Ajax, they were trying to do the right thing. They were trying to press Ajax high. They were trying to send a compact shape. They were trying to lateral press Ajax to prevent them from doing build-up in the wide areas, but um, there was no intensity to it until they went 2-0 down. And uh, I said last week that against Excelsior, I, Excelsior was sort of better at scratching and clawing. They, they, it's, uh, they got a good 1-1 home draw against against Ajax. And um, your, your device has been 
the God census um, coming from PSV and he put in another brilliant performance at the weekend. So, yeah, yeah um, you really fear for them having to change the manager and go ahead, are going to have to have a complete restructure at the end of the season because they're going to lose a lot of low knees and uh, there's some good players there like Sam Hendricks and, and Dejoro but uh, they, they they changed a manager who doesn't who won't be there who doesn't expect to be there next season and they brought in a lot of loan players from the Premier League um, young loan players from the Premier League who didn't who were good and were easy on the eye but they lacked the true grit and true experience to get them out of their predicament so Iranians uh, at Pick said that he's not in fear of uh, getting relegated. Um, he's another person that we mentioned for the Dutch national team. Who I think they'll they'll keep their heads above the water. They've got a good team there, and it's his final few games. So they, they'll they'll really back their manager in the next two games. So um, I had to change from Sparta and NEC not going down to really fearing for them and I think um, yeah they'll they, they have quite they have quite a fight to get their heads above water both of them before the in the last two games and I, I don't I don't think they're able to do it so it's an interesting playoff position for them. I totally agree with yeah. your point Chaka about um about the, the lack of grit from the go ahead players um as they are lonies and they're very young. Um, and, and you can see that with the lack of fight in NEC and go ahead, it's led to them to being bottom of the table. Um, and I said at the start of the season that I thought NEC would struggle, um, but I was actually pleasantly surprised when they actually started playing some nice football and there was some quick um, attacking players that helped grab some goals, even if they didn't quite deserve them on the bounce play, but they, they still managed to pull out a draw or a win every now and then. But that just didn't continue. And then by January, the, the, the same players were out of the team. Um, you had Quincy who left. Have um, any Iwi that does, doesn't score goals, uh, and it's led to a very 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 poor second half of the season. Um, defeat after defeat, and they've just dropped down like a stone into this relegation playoff. Um, we've talked about it time and time again how NEC will end up perhaps losing losing even more players this summer, um, and it will be a tough tough season for them next season if they do get relegated. Um, I think with Sparta, it's a lack of quality that's kept them up this season. Um, well, they may still make it for the playoffs, but James has mentioned in the past how he thinks that um, it, the two teams in their relegation playoffs this season may not make it through because it's very tough to get through. I think that will become clear when the, the fixtures become apparent at the end of the season with the first rounds of the promotion playoffs from the Hooper League and uh, potential matchups. I think uh, when, when that is clear, you will um, you'll be able to make a, uh, an educated guess as to what might happen. To uh, elaborate on what Xhaka said about uh, uh, um taking over the reins with Patrick Potthausen, they trained the reserve team of Nijmegen and they've been asked to uh, take over the reins for the last two games. I would say, personally, uh, in the case of Nijmegen and um, um, Rodriguez, they possibly even go ahead as well. 
I don't see why teams that are looking to change their manager, rightly so, due to the circumstances they find themselves in, why they don't look to see uh, what talent is around in the Europa League. There are competent managers there that would be able to make this step up. If, if asked, uh, for example, uh, Jack de Gira, Almira, um, Henk de Jong, who has previous experience with Cambuléwaard uh, and now at the Vlaarstrap, um, you would think that clubs that are struggling in, in the Eredivisie, in the case of Hibara coming from, I think it was the youth of Bayer Leverkusen to, uh, to Nijmegen, a little bit of an unorthodox route, um, I would like to think that the three clubs that look will look to change their manager might might look at the talent that's in the Europa League and give someone a chance to play their trade uh, in the Eredivisie that has uh, built up enough, enough experience in the Europa League. Yeah, uh, with Hibara coming from another country, you could see he lacked uh, certain knowledge of some of the players like um, Gregor Breinberg excelled under Ennis Ferber in a defensive midfield role. He was sort of mobile, he's uh, an astute tackler, tackler, good at keeping play ticking over, and in the and he's and he's never he's never been played in that role under um, Hibala, and I think he was one of the Eredivisie's better players, and there was a lot of interest in him in the summer, and he's sort of been moved around in midfield, uh, asked to play as an halfback in midfield when when. NAC switched to a back five. So I think, and just, um, you know, when when worse got to worse, that's, that, that was the captain last season and someone that they relied on. And, um, and uh, when worse got to worse, Hibala found himself relying on youngsters, uh, Gert Kadioglu, who are very talented, but it's not a healthy situation to be in in a relegation fight. And, um, it's just, uh, it's, and I agree with James. They should. There's a lot of talent in the ESTB, especially not just in managers, but, but in players. I think how Vito Van Croy hasn't been picked up uh, is beyond me. Uh, after the season he had last season, how he wasn't picked up in the summer or in January, with especially with teams from other from other nations who from Belgium were looking at him, but how he never got picked up was it was beyond me, and especially. You know, picking up some of the fallout from, um, you know, young PSV and young Ajax, uh, with uh, how Lamas had to go to the the ESDVC when he was very when, when he was very highly rated for P, for young PSV it was also beyond me. That would have been a good buy, and um, I think NSE go ahead going down. They're they're gonna have to have a a look at themselves in the mirror. Okay, so there's no Eredivisie this weekend coming, um, because instead we have the cup final between RZ and Vitesse. Um, RZ come into it on the back of a win against Twente, whereas Vitesse um, have dipped the last couple of games, have had two defeats uh, after what was previously a regular run of form. Um, who are you placing your bets on? Prediction is that it will be a draw in 90 minutes and possibly go to um, the extra time and penalties. But uh, I can see uh, Vitesse winning the cup for the very first time in their 125-year history. 
I think with uh, personalities such as Krauswag, Van Wolleswinkel, Lewis Baker, and the manager in Hank Fraser, um, this is the first time Vitesse have reached the final in 27 years. Um, the last time they reached the final back in 1990, they lost 1-0 to PSV. They've also lost the final on three separate occasions. And uh, I think that they will take this chance as a, as a group to win the, um, the Dutch Cup for the very first time. But I think it will be a, a difficult game. As you say, um, I said one against Esther Trenta, Vitesse lost against Feyenoord. I, that's why I think that the match will be a bit, will be, uh, be a bit like a pendulum, be going, swinging back and forth, which is why I anticipate it finishing in a draw and possibly going to extra time and penalties. But um, if I had to pick a winner, my uh, my prediction is that Vitesse will lift the, uh, the Dutch Cup for the very first time on Sunday. Uh, I think Ben Wolleswinkel will be the the biggest component because uh, um, as they tend to miss a lot of chances, Ben Wolleswinkel is a very uh, capable striker and uh, if he gets a proper chance, he will score. Uh, but I've, uh, I think I've always I think swung to the side of Azet. Um, well, in recent weeks, they've started playing Van Overeem and Dabney Dos Santos again, and it's weird how last season it took it took them a se- uh, half a season to learn that um, those two are very integral parts of the, the team, and it, and this season has taken them half a season, more than half a season, to learn that those two are integral parts of the team. They found a position for Lukasen, they're playing him as a box to box mid. Uh, Stin Voitens, who's played as, as a box-to-box mid, he's played as centre-back. They've found a position for him at defensive midfield and they've become, sort of become a cohesive unit in recent weeks. But the real dilemma for Vandenbrom is going with Fred Friday, who scored two goals against PSV and he scored a late winner this weekend um, against Twente. Or Venko is to start the season well. Uh, had a nice purple patch before just before the winter break, but hasn't been firing um, for a while now, but is more uh, integral to building up and having an aerial throw in the box. I, I, I really, um, I think Azeda will, you know, see it through and they've, because they've got more of a cohesive unit now than they had a few weeks ago, I think that they, they can really I think that they're, they're going to beat um, Vitesse in 90 minutes, and I see it being um, 2-1. I think um, it's going to be a very, very good game. These two teams are quite evenly matched, um, form-wise. Neither is in real great form going into the game. And I think it might just come down to experience and some of the players that AZ have in their lineup. Um, I think they might have seen him through. I think Ron Vlaar, Tim Krill at the back, you know, he's going to be big players on, on the day to, to settle the nerves. Um, and I think playing in their first ever cup final, the weight of the expectation from Arnhem might just get to some of the test players who have never really experienced anything like that before. Um, I think quality-wise, AZ just have a little more going forward. I think if you, you stop, Van Oswin go up front for the test. Um, Goals aren't coming from anywhere else. Um, Rashika's not really been on fire this season. He's not really 
um, had a season they had last year. And I think I'll struggle without um, if Van Boswinger doesn't score and if Ron Vlaar can keep him quiet. Uh, AZ should win. I think they'll be in 90 minutes as well. I can see see Weghorst scoring or if Friday plays him scoring against the Vitesse defence. Yeah, and also Jan Bash, who I think has nine goals and eight assists this season and uh, could be someone that could leave in the summer. He he's also um, can be creative and he's also a source of goals in that front three. But uh, the thing is just how, um, you know, as it can miss a lot of chances and be, can be very wasteful, especially, you know, the youngsters, you know, even though they add such so much to the team, there's been, against Heracles, um, Dabdi Dos Santos missed two one-on-ones in the space of um, a few minutes, and he's just a player that if he adds that finishing part to the game, then he becomes a very talented player and he becomes a very uh, big threat to other Divisi teams because he's so pacey and uh, so creative, and he's someone that can really work a team on the break. So I th- I see uh, as in winning it because they just uh, they have more to them, and now Brandon Bob's got them as a cohesive unit, and he's found out what his best team looks like and who who works together where. And Lucas versus Nakamba in that midfield is going to be a huge battle because they're both mobile, the very strong workman like, uh, and um, Nakamba's got a lot technically about him, so I. Th- that, that's going to be one of the biggest battles of the game. Yeah, um, I think I can echo all three of your states, uh, sentiments there. I think what James said about the test with the whole history of the match, it's a huge match for the club. Um, and originally, a couple of months ago, I thought the test would win the final. Um, but I am biased towards our Zed. I'm not a true supporter, but um, I am a very fond of the, of the club and, and the squad and everything that comes with it. Um, and I think that's maybe leaning me towards an Azad win. Uh, as Jack said, experience. I think it's gonna, that's going to play a big part. Azad have experience in Europe. Um, they've been a very good team the last few years, and there's been some quite a lot of players that have stuck around as well. Whereas the test is going to be totally new territory for a lot of the players. Um, but another my factor for me that comes into play is the fact that Azad uh, make a lot of mistakes. Um, even Ron Vlaar makes a mistake, and you saw that against other um at home um and excelsior at home as well if i can remember correctly uh, both times there was mistakes to give away um a goal that ended up the match being a draw and i think if i can keep their heads on and there can be that cozy cozy unit as jack said um with the two defenders of Carson and valtons um who can play midfield but are more defensive minded but those two midfield is, is very important for the team and hopefully Vanova then also gets a start because I think it's a, it's a great midfielder to have. And I, I couldn't believe that he wasn't playing um, in the first half of the season. He's been very limited to appearances because uh, he was so important last season. Uh, but I think on the day, um, Azeb will, will turn up um, despite the fact they haven't had the best of seasons. Uh, they can still have a very, very good performance in them. Um, and that's why I think they'll win. Um, but it will be a very, very close match. And I can see a few goals in it as well. Of course, we had a, to a chat about the national team then. Um, there's two candidates, seemingly, for the position. Um, Henk Carter and Dick Avocat. Uh Who do you three want, or do you not want either of them? 
as some uh, Dutch people have been suggesting this week, that perhaps these two aren't the best candidates, but they're the two that apparently we have to decide from. When I first read the reports that it's going to be between those two, I automatically thought about Ronjans, because this is a man who has uh, experience managing Groningen, Hugh and Vane, standard the age, Peg Zwoller. If you compare that to when Kind of they appointed Van Marwijk in 2008. Van Marwijk had only ever managed Fortuna Sittard, Dortmund and Feyenoord. And that was enough to get the, the, uh, the kind of base trust to give him the position. In the case of uh, Tencate, he's been assistant at Barcelona, he's been assistant at Chelsea. He's more, more, more an assistant than an actual manager. And, and, and in the case of um, Advocate, that if he was to be chosen, it would be his third stint and the last one since 2004. And I think the time before that was the, the 1994 World Cup qualifiers. Also as well, with uh, Van Brokeling being quite open in the meetings that he's had and the duration of how long he sat at a table with both of them in terms of what they've spoken about and, and those kind of things. Uh, Ron Jans is, is supposed to be contracted by the Dutch FA to take part in uh, the teaching of the main training course as of next season. Um, if I was Van Brokelen, I would try to also speak to Ron Jans because I, I can see a, I can see a, a small similarity between when Van Marwijk was appointed with only having Fortuna Sittard, Feyenoord and Dortmund and with Ron Jans experience with uh, Groningen, Heerenveen and, uh, and Standard Age as well as uh, doing a wonderful job for Swaller. So uh, I, I would, um, if I was Van Brokelen, I'd also give the time of day to Ron Jans and see if he would be, uh, if it would be plausible for him to throw his hat in the ring before take before making a final decision. But if, uh, if it is to be the case that it's only to be one of those two, I think you've got to be professional about it and the experience must be decisive and the experience that Advocate has we, even with his time at uh, Glasgow Rangers and St. St. Peter's, as well as, as well as knowing the Dutch national setup, having done it two times before, I think he would be the better of the two candidates. Yeah, yeah to echo James's statement, uh, sentiment, um, he also has a better knowledge of this specific playing staff because he was assistant to uh, Danny Blind last year in the best period of form that they had. Um, but when we talked about this a few weeks ago, we all, we all sort of bringing out the younger names and we all sort of agree that Ron Jans, who had managed at, at, at Peck, who had been touted for the role a few years ago, who, had, um, who was going to leave Peck to, to do the training course, as James mentioned, would have been the best uh, decision. The fact that he's been overlooked again is very, um, is, I think it's very weird, especially with the options that they've got, uh, Ten Carter's um, been uh, he's, he's been um, yeah, and this is now Barcelona and Chelsea and things like that. But uh, everyone thought that Ron Yang would be the perfect um, uh, perfect person because he he's played against a lot of these players. He's had to set a, a team up against a lot of these players, and he would know uh, he's. He's done very good things at Peck, um, you know, making them an established Eredivisie side. 
but um, I would also go with Ambercat because uh, he's just on the fact that he's got a better knowledge of this playing group. He's worked with them. He's seen them on the training ground, and um, he managed to get a better of them in that uh, sort of in this period of last and of last year, especially with that win against um, England. Uh, where Wembley, uh, Austria, I think, uh, uh, they also won there. And, you know, Bazor played in defensive midfield, uh, Janssen out front, uh, Tete, a uh, right back, and um, I think uh, it was Bruma and Blind at centre-back, and Zoe go and that, that was actually quite a good team, and that was probably the most, uh, the best team that Blit has put out in his whole tenure, and they and they got the most out of them. So you, and but the the form nosedived after Alvaro left. That makes you think that he had a big influence on that. So if he did, you would want him in the role. But uh, Van Brocklin has got a, a very huge job, and he has to pick the right one. Because I think the Roger Smith, I call it a fiasco because no international experience has a very faulty system that is very interesting, but uh, a system that he's never ever used in tournament and international football. And the fact that he also turned the job down was a huge embarrassment for the KNVB. So I think getting the right one of, of these two which, in, in my um, opinion, as advocate, is important. Um, just to add a little from some of the reports from today, NOS were the station that's reporting it's going to be done within the next three days, but they also added interest in a little bit that um, when Brooklyn spoke to Schneider, Robin and Strickman about the appointment, and they all don't want advocate back, um, that's what the report says. I think they're still a bit irked that he was assistant to Danny Blind. Um, he left after three months to take a lucrative contract with Fenerbahce and then just to walk back into the top job after just abandoning him when he needed him. Um, nothing else irked to some of the players. Um, and Football International era today were saying that Louis Van Howe, who looks like he's going to be set to take some sort of CEO role, actually prefers Tenkata. So that might come into Van Broken's mind if he's going to step down from his role. Louis Van Howe's going to come in and maybe Tenkata will come in. Um, another thing I can say about Ron Jans is I think if Ron Jans was having a great season with Pegs Waller, then his name would be one of the first choices. But if you actually look at where that club is at the table right now, they're uh, four points above relegation, two games to go, they could get dragged into it. I think that's sort of damaged his reputation, maybe with the KMBB who are trying to get a name in. Um, I think Dick advocates the name, but whether the players actually want him back is another thing. This could be damaging going forward for some of the more experienced players who, if they don't want to play for him, you know, might decide to retire. Once again, thank you for listening to this week's Football Danny podcast. Make sure to give us a like and subscribe, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye.